Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. This interview is also filled with tips for managers on what your direct reports want from you. Anisha is a leader already within the ranks of the New York Islanders. She's going after it. She said, after this year, going after your career goals, applying for a job you might not be entirely qualified for, reaching out to someone you don't know and asking for their time, those things should be the least of your worries. Go after what you want. It's a privilege to do so. So let's hear firsthand from Anisha. Let's go. On this episode of the podcast, we've got the Young Leaders Series number three with Anisha Chetty, account manager, member services at the New York Islanders. Before her role with the Islanders, she was an account executive inside sales with the Sacramento Kings, an inside sales intern for the Boston Red Sox. And her first start was with the Reno Aces right here in Reno, Nevada as an intern. So I want to talk about why I'm interviewing Anisha and how I met her because our paths actually did not cross with the aces. She was an intern before I started my role as GM and it started with an email, a reach out through LinkedIn. She emailed me with the title, hello and a waving hand plus leadership is female podcast. And I'm going to take a second to read this to you because it was so good I responded and set up a virtual coffee, and I think it's a phenomenal example of exactly how you can network virtually through LinkedIn. So here's what it says. First and foremost, I hope you and your loved ones are safe and healthy during these unprecedented times. My name is Anisha Chetty, and I am currently an account manager member services with the New York Islanders. I started my career in sports as an intern with the Reno Aces and Reno 1868 FC while a Nevada student. Unfortunately, I didn't get the chance to meet you as I was gearing up for graduation the year you started as general manager. Recently, I came across your podcast, Leadership is Female, via LinkedIn. I've absolutely loved being a listener. The many female leaders you've chatted with have truly inspired and motivated me to continue in sports as well as uplift those who will come after. I know how busy you must be during this pandemic, but I'd love to learn more about your personal career path as general manager in minor league baseball. Please let me know if you're free next week to put a time on the calendars for a virtual coffee meeting. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Cheers, Anisha. This email caught my attention and I responded to Anisha and set up a virtual coffee. I think this is a phenomenal example of how to do a cold reach out. This interview today is filled with examples of how to virtually network. Anisha is a pro at this skill. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Anisha Chetty, account manager, member services at the New York Islanders, 
and a integral part of our Young Leader series. Anisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. So before we get started, I've got to ask you, the Islanders made a run for the Stanley Cup. You got to go to Tampa. Tell us about the whole experience. What was it like working for a team uh, that was in the run for the Cup? Yeah, so this was my first experience uh, with a team that made it to, you know, playoffs on this scale. It was the craziest thing I've been a part of so far. Absolutely bonkers <laughs> from the virtual world starting, you know, the season progressing into limited capacity and then finally, you know, making it to the Eastern Conference Finals and being able to be there for game 7 in Tampa was such a journey. It was crazy. Every element and every department kind of worked together to make it happen. It was the first time I really saw what on not like a granular scale sports can be on this big picture, you know, pretty much like a painting. It felt like walking through, you know, each element, each round, and then finally, you know, the conclusion of our season. It was such a process. Definitely some of my hardest days on work have been through that playoff run, but also some of the most rewarding times and experiences that I've been a part of have also been through that run. And it was seriously crazy. It was awesome to be a part of. And I'm just hoping that we can actually make it to, you know, round four and make it to the Stanley Cup finals for next year. That's so awesome. What an incredible experience and getting the chance to fly down to Tampa, you know, ultimately they lost. Um, I was cheering for you for, during that game knowing that you were down there and, uh, but it, what an experience and, and so, so cool for you to be a part of, and you are in member services. So what was it like for the fans of the Islanders during that time? Yeah, this was crazy. So this is my first time doing a customer service role on the member service side. You know, I've only done sales prior to this and, you know, we'll go into that later. But so being on the service side, being that forefront of, you know, this is you're the first people that our members talk to and go to when it comes to, you know, this playoff experience that they're also going through, not just us on, you know, the business side of things our fans are on that journey as well with the team and the players. So it was really cool to see their reaction to, you know, making it so far into the playoffs. You, you often see that team or the fans become more invested as the playoffs go. Obviously it was crazy. That last round that we are part of for round three, everyone was just so bought into the Islanders organization and was just so all in for one purpose. It was so awesome to feel like I was a part of something bigger or something bigger that could potentially happen. So it was amazing to see fans almost band together like for this team, for this organization. It was amazing. And it really taught me a lot about what it means to work for a team and be a part of it on this scale and what it means to other people too. Yeah, that's an incredible summary of of the playoff run. And I think at its core, it's what sports are all about is, as you stated, you know, banding together, cheering for one common team theme cause and, uh, and how, how incredible, you know, coming through the last year and, and all of its challenges for this team to, to get a run at the cup. It's 
pretty incredible. So, okay. I want you to introduce yourself and, and tell us who you are, what your, your current role is, and, and then how did you get back to NYC? So um, like you mentioned earlier, my name is Anisha Chetty. Um, I'm an account manager for the Islanders. And um, originally, I actually grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. So a little bit different of a sports town than um, New York City now. But I went to school right there um, in Reno. And I actually started working in sports <laughs> right where you are with the Reno Aces and the 1868 FC. And I worked on the promotions team. So looking back as like a college student, you know, spending the summer watching baseball and soccer probably didn't feel like as much of a job <laughs> as it could have. And it sounds pretty cliche, but it's so true when people say that you know, in sports and even like, especially the minors, you know, you have to wear all these different hats. And that summer felt just like a crash course of what it could possibly look like to work in sports. And so, you know, from handling the game day operations, I also worked in the team store and helped out in the press box and worked off sites. And I laugh about this now, but I even filled in for the mascot once, <laughs> which is kind of crazy and I'm I definitely didn't fit in it or anything but it was just all these random things that ended up working in my favor just because I was already curious about what it could work or be like to work in the industry so after my experience with the aces I was like okay I'm I'm interested I'm engaged I want to learn more about where I can kind of best fit in sports so I ended up accepting an internship with the Red Sox in their sales academy from there that was my first time doing sales and I had never done anything like it before. It was tough and it was a grind, but I seriously had so much fun working for that team and that work hard, play hard environment was awesome. And it really instilled this competitive mentality within me. And so from there, once I graduated, I ended up working as an account executive for this team in inside sales. And that was like the real part of sales, you know, doing the grind work. And something that was really great about the Kings is they actually just, they believed in the innovation and had lots of sales tools that really pushed and advanced that process for us. So it was amazing to have all of these different integrated tools um, to kind of paint the picture of sales. And, you know, it can be a black and white process. So they added just so much color to that. And as my first full-time gig, that was awesome to be a part of such this tech-savvy world. And then from there, I accepted my role with the Islanders. And, you know, that was my first time doing member service. I've learned a lot about what it means to kind of build and cultivate this relationship in a virtual world. It's such a weird time. And so many of my members also just haven't met me just yet. And it's my responsibility to still you know, have them trust me and be approachable to them and accessible to them. So just helping my members create these really awesome sports memories and moments and that will last it forever is honestly very fulfilling for me. And our team's big project is just focusing on opening this new arena we're planning to open in fall. And it's kind of this all-consuming project, but it's been so much fun. So it hasn't been that long of a journey, but it's been a very enjoyable time so far. So a few things here. One, kudos for getting in the mascot suit. That is something I will do just about anything in sports except for that one thing. And luckily, I'm only about five, three and a half. Uh, so I'm like too short. 
too short for the mascot suit. I love that you did that. You know, your willingness to, to jump in and, and do all the things I think is what, what started you off on, on such a great trajectory in your career. And also, you know, we talk about the willingness to move, uh, the willingness to move for sports and for the jobs that are in the cities, anywhere in the country. And you've gone to Reno, to Boston, then back to the West Coast, to Sacramento, and then back to the East Coast, to NYC. Any moving tips out there for for the audience? How have you done all these coast-to-coast moves um, in just a few years? Yeah, so yeah, it's it's been such a journey having to go coast-to-coast the past couple of years. It's definitely the logistics of moving, I think people forget about at times because it can be a pain to have to pack up your whole life and move across the country. But I think especially while, you know, I'm young and I have don't necessarily have roots tied to any place other than my hometown, it makes the most sense to kind of take those risky decisions and do those risky things now as opposed to a little bit later when I'm a little more settled and, you know, a really deep in my career and have this foundation. So in my mind, I'm like, when I'm young, when I don't have anywhere to be necessarily and all these responsibilities on top of me, I might as well, you know, do the, the things that I normally wouldn't think I'd do otherwise. So making those coast to coast travels definitely is tough. And it's, it's an interesting, you know, culture shock at times going from place to place. But overall, I think it helps me build character. And I've done things and seen things that I really didn't think I would when I first you know, started thinking about my career. So I think they have these like trips and these experiences have really made my career and have pushed me to, to open doors for myself that I wouldn't normally see otherwise. Yeah, 100%. I think you've done a great job of, of taking the role, taking on the challenge and, and going after it. Now you mentioned that you're opening a new arena. What has that project been like um, for you in your role when I'm sure all of your members are very eager to grab the best seats in the house? Yes. So it is very interesting. I would say filling a building in this virtual world, you know, none of our members have quite been able to see it. And that's kind of the nature of the beast when it comes to opening a building anyway, you almost have to blindly put trust into the people around you and yourself and your ownership and this team to really push you towards this project and pursuing this project. When I was interviewing for the Islanders, you know, that's like one thing that I kind of want to check off my bucket list here. I think new buildings don't come across very often. So the fact that, you know, I do get to be a part of it, I'm very grateful for. And I think the way that your ownership and your leaders and the people around you react and kind of like bound together to really work on this singular project is very rewarding. And I've seen so many people come out of this just like fulfilled and a better person and a better employee. And it really is some hard lessons learned have turned into some of the best experiences through this. But the actual process of filling our building, it took about three months of just our member service team sitting down individually with every member and actually letting them hand select their seats, which was a very long, tedious, exhausting process. But I think when you give people the opportunity 
to almost have a hand in, you know, where they are in a part of this building, it just makes them that more connected to, or that much more connected to the team. So doing the process this way was very long and it did take a long time and it was exhausting going through it, but the end result of now having our building, you know, sold out and full and all our members are placed is just awesome. Like I can't even imagine what opening night is going to look like going to be like that real pinch me moment of you know we did this we created this together and you know standing there watching that first game with our team is going to be just the most amazing feeling I'm really looking forward to it if you ever get the opportunity in your career to open a building that is just I mean that's what it's all about the the energy and the excitement and the opportunity is tremendous. So I'm, I'm thrilled for you that, you that you've gotten that chance. I got to ask you, you know, we've, we've felt a lot of passion um, in these first few minutes of the podcast, but can you tell us why do you work in sports? So I think for myself, there's kind of two reasons. One is kind of this selfish reason that I use for myself of why I work in sports. And then the other is like what I can do for other people. So to kind of start off with that selfish reason, um, just because of the nature of our industry and how fast things actually do move in sports, this industry really does push me out of my comfort zone. I'm definitely not the most vocal or, you know, jumping to, you know, express my opinions type of person. So I've grown a lot, both in like as a person and in my career within the industry and you know, I've, I've been able to be a part of some really cool experiences that I think like in my head, I'm like, this is a peak moment of my life. I will always remember this. So, and also being able to work with great people, you know, this industry has given me honestly more than I could have asked for. And it's definitely not where I thought, you know, my career would take me or a, a job could actually be. So I picked up skills along the way and have truly just, you know, gotten to do things working in sports that have advanced my career and my skills and built my character just truthfully in so many ways. And, you know, the second reason of what I can kind of do for others is kind of just what I can pass along, you know, even just this podcast and supporting women, that means a lot to me and making sure that everyone does have a seat at the table and it's all equal and fair and wanting to help others. You know, I think there's something to be said about you know, pushing for initiatives like that. And, um, you know, this experience and, you know, there's something to be said about when other people make you feel good and, and you feel supported and appreciated. So sports is something that can do that. You know, you mentioned earlier how something that can bond people and everyone kind of is in this moment together and it creates these really lifelong memories. So even just for, you know, not even just women in general, just for my members that I work with and service right now, you know, giving them these memories and and moments that they'll remember with the people that they love means a lot to me. And I think that it's, that's what it's all about, you know, just always being there for other people and like lifting other people along with you. Beautifully said. You and I didn't cross paths in Reno. You left right before I, I got here, but we're talking today because of your ability to reach out and to network. You sent me an email several months ago that said, hello, with a waving emoji hand and the leadership is female podcast that was in the title. 
you introduced yourself in the body of the email and you told me that you had recently listened to an episode and some of the highlights that you really liked and, and why you wanted to reach out to me and have a little bit of my time. And it was one of the most well-written outreach emails I've received because it hit all of those boxes on your interest in me and why you wanted a discussion. When you reach a leadership level inside a, a company, inside a sports organization, you get a lot of pick your brain type emails. Hey, do you have a half an hour? Can I pick your brain? Well, if you haven't shown any interest in, in me or, or why you want to talk to me, the chances are I don't have a half an hour. But for you, Anisha, I loved the email that you wrote. It was so thoughtful. You had put some time and energy into it. And so I said, yes, we set up a virtual coffee and it was such a beautiful phone call that I couldn't wait to feature you on the Young Leader series. So talk to us about networking and its importance in your career. You know, how did, how do you reach out to others? What are some tips that you can give, give our listeners on that authentic touch point? Networking has truly been a vital part of my career. It feels like I genuinely would not have been in on the path or taken positions that I did because of networking. And using networking and all of its resources can really push you along and, and boost your presence in ways that you know you didn't even know you could. And I think networking starts by, you know, actually sitting down and kind of planning what you want to do with it. And it also starts very early. You know, in college, I utilized every single networking resource I could get my hands on. And because of that, it has opened doors. You know, once I decided that I wanted to pursue sports, I was working for the Aces at that time. And I just asked a ton of those execs to grab coffee with me, similar to our situation, <laughs> Um, you know, after a game or before a game, just so I could learn more about their role and, you know, being interested in their experiences and their path where they wanted to go. You know, I talked from or talked to inside sales reps all the way up to, you know, directors and leaders that I wanted to be in a position like theirs when I advanced in my career. And what you find is people are more than willing to help a college student. And people also just like to talk about themselves and their successes and what they're doing. And there's really something to be said about being engaged and being a good listener goes a long way. Because like you said, people are taking time out of their day to offer you insight. So just one, don't waste your time. But more importantly, don't waste other people's time. And so early on, that's kind of how I got in front of people that I one day, you know, wanted to be in their position myself. And that's also the key to networking for me, connecting with people who are already in that position that you want to be in. You know, my circle of networking wasn't just people my age or in my position, or even like the level of my position. I added people from all across departments, all positions, different backgrounds. And that ultimately does help you create this really like, not standard, just really like unique and specialized and personalized support system that is, you know, for you and for your career. And so ultimately, I expanded my network. And I think the most underrated tool that 
I feel like is is so overused to begin with, but LinkedIn seriously has helped me so much. In college, I reached out to every single professional I could find on there because people do take those 30 minutes out of their day to, you know, talk to someone who's just as interested in them as they are in you, you know, and so offering those, you know, experiences and successes and failures really helped me figure out where I could best fit in this industry and, you know, help me formulate these goals. And, and my first like short term goals actually came from, you know, chatting with someone that I networked with and how to achieve those goals and bring that insight. And on this granular scale, I was able to kind of piece together the foundation of my values and, and where I wanted to go and see myself next. So soaking, soaking up all this knowledge just by asking questions. And it sounds so simple, but people just don't ask enough or don't care to ask enough. And so even just at my role at the Kings, that came from a networking event that I attended for the Portland Trailblazers. And there's so many avenues in sports, you know, it's so true when they say that this industry is smaller than you think, and everyone kind of knows each other in some way. So this is a relationship-based world and your professional relationships can really take you far if you strengthen them and follow up on them, which is kind of another key to networking. The follow-up is just as important as that initial impression. But I'll finish with that, you know, networking is for you and it's for you to open doors for yourself and the amount of like effort and energy you put into it is what you'll get out of it as well. So talk about the follow up or follow through. So it's, it is very effortful to get that meeting, right? It's, it's, it's almost like sales, right? You're reaching out, you're cold reaching out to a lot of people on LinkedIn, you get a, you get a 30 minute phone call. You have an opportunity to make a great connection. What's the follow-up? What's, what's your style in making sure that it doesn't end with that initial conversation? Yeah, I think it goes back to being that active listener when you're paying attention and you're listening to people and you're actually, you know, implementing this insight that they're giving you, you're going to naturally have more questions and naturally want to follow up with them. So it's all about that initial like engagement, you know, be active while you're there. Just like earlier, you know, don't waste people's time. Don't waste your own time. Be present while you're present. And then from there, the follow-up should come naturally. And if you do kind of have to force it, always go back to being a listener. You know, if you don't have the right questions in that moment, or you don't think you're saying the right things in that moment, it's okay to, you know, feel like that. Just ask those questions, you know, and it's okay to just want to learn more or not have questions for that. So, you know, the follow-up is important, but I think the follow-up really roots and starts from being that active listener in the initial meeting. Thank you for listening to Leadership is Female. It's June and we've got three big things going on on the podcast. First, calling all interns. We have four eight-week internships available in social media, website development, PR, and content. Are you interested? These are resume boosting, learning, and networking opportunities for you. Check out our Instagram for details. Number two, The Young Leaders series is coming up in July. This four-part series has one spot available by nomination. Have someone who works for you who is a star? Email us at leadershipisfemale.com to nominate. And three, 
all new email subscribers in the month of June will be entered to win a high performance planner and one lucky winner will be chosen at the end of the month. If you have not subscribed, head to leadershipisfemale.com and subscribe today. Throughout this season of Leadership is Female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the Association for People Who Work in Professional Sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, marketing, human resources, and analytics, the Assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Yeah, I hear you on that for sure. You can't come out of left field with with questions that are irrelevant to, to the person and Tying your follow-up back to the initial conversation is crucial. Take notes if the person mentions uh, the name of their dog or their child, you know, put that in the email. It shows that you were really paying attention. And if you, if the person that you're speaking to gets a ton of emails a day, they might be scanning more than they are deep reading into some of, some of the emails they're getting. And if it pops out their dog's name or their kid's name or something specific from your conversation, that's going to grab their attention and they'll, they'll be more willing to stay engaged with you. So I I love your tips there. So in addition to having, you know, a couple different roles with some teams and having many different managers in, in a formal role, you've had so many networking conversations with managers, with directors, Um, with higher-ups in these sports organizations. So with all of this research and real-world experience, what is it that you look for in a manager? One of the best pieces of advice I received, um, you know, before jumping into finding that first position after graduation was to pick your position or pick a job based on your manager, because finding that right manager can take some trial and error at times. And you know, the earlier start, the, the better insight you have moving forward. But as you start your, your career, you'll find things that you really appreciate managers do. And vice versa, you also find things that you don't necessarily like about managers. And not every manager is going to be a fit for your work style and work ethic, which is, you know, totally okay. But as a manager, I think you're really looked at as your rep number one person in their support system, you know, at that time, it's top of mind, you know, you're the go-to person. And so there are going to be good times, there are going to be bad times, but you know, nothing, nothing's worse than not being able to trust like your manager and have your manager not trust you. So something I look for, you know, from the very get-go in a manager is, you know, someone who asks me how I like to be coached and what motivates me, your manager should take just as much interest in you as you take in your manager. And asking those questions from the beginning have truly helped me in my career just understand the expectations that are set for me and understand how I can best serve and help my team as well. And I think the best managers do lead by example. And that also does help build trust as well. Because it's earned on both sides, you know, 
And it really starts from feeling comfortable going to someone for help and feeling supported or appreciated. And I think something that is important to find in a manager is something, someone that is going to challenge you and mentor you while still, you know, uplifting you throughout your career. Because really at the end of the day, you know, when your employees show up and and put in their 100, it should be for themselves and it should be for their team and the people around you. And you'll find that, you know, when you're giving something special to someone through sports and staying curious about them and staying on top of, you know, how interested they are and how engaged they are, it goes a long way for them just because, you know, I'm sure you know this as a manager, you probably said things that or had things slip through the cracks with a rep and that doesn't really impact you, but it really impacts the rep. So it's always thinking about that rep and, you know, what you can do for them and how you can better help them. And, you know, even as reps, though, we really don't see the millions of extra responsibilities that our managers have as well. So it's almost finding that common ground and that all just roots from trusting someone and feeling comfortable enough for them to either, you know, support you or push you outside of your comfort zone. So much gold in that answer. I've got to go back and restate a couple of the things that I heard you say, Anisha. So the manager is your number one support system as the rep and trust is so important. You have really appreciated when your manager has asked how you like to be coached and take interest in you. And when they take interest in you, you take interest in them. You love it when they're leading by example when you feel supported and appreciated and a manager needs to be someone who can challenge and mentor you, but also uplift. I think that the uplifting piece is, is really crucial. We can coach, 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 but you've got to have, you know, both sides of the coin and your final comment about not seeing as a rep specifically all the other things on your manager's plate. It's like those, that doesn't really touch your role, right? Like you've got your job and you've got your manager and you have your expectations of your manager and you need them and they need to pay attention to you. And I think that's a really, really great reminder for all the managers that are are listening to this conversation. We're hearing it straight from the source, like pay attention to me, help me to grow provide me that critical feedback, but at the same time, you know, I also need you to, to uplift. And so thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it's a really great reminder for, for all of us and and what you're looking in order to grow and excel in, in the organization. So speaking of growing and excelling in an organization, what type of career progress are you expecting? Where do you want to be in the next two years? Yeah, I think, um, if the past year has kind of taught me anything, it's that my career goals need to be way more flexible. <laughs> There's so many moving pieces and things that are happening on the fly that when it comes to figuring out where I'm going to be in the next three years, it, it seems almost crazy to plan that far ahead. But what I do know will happen in the next two years is, you know, while I'm at the Islanders, our team is going to open this new building, UBS Arena, later this year. And you know, like I said, that was something I'm really, really looking forward to. And, you know, I can't wait to see it all come to life and have it, you know, the picture and the words on paper 
kind of actually <laughs> envision all of it happening for real. And um, so I'm really excited to be a part of that. And um, something that I just want to, over the course of the next two years, and really just in, in my career in general, hopefully still be doing is continuing to build, you know, these strong relationships, not only with people I work directly with, like my clients and my season ticket members, but my colleagues and peers and my management and ownership, you know, I want to be top of mind for everyone um, that I think the best thing you can do for yourself when it comes to career advancement is when that next position opens up or whatever, you know, that next role you want does um, become available. You want to be top of mind for people so much that they're like, it's a no brainer that you know, Anisha would fill that role or this person would fill that role. And so, you know, I always say opportunities present themselves at the right time. But if they don't, then just go ahead and, and find it yourself or create the opportunity yourself whenever you're ready. Absolutely. And the culture piece of an organization is critical. You talked a lot about management and what's expected from a manager and how choosing the right job is tied innately to choosing the manager that, that you're working for. So how does culture tie into this, this piece? You've worked for a couple organizations right now with the Islanders and opening the new arena. There's a ton of new energy, I imagine, um, with your staff. So what have you uncovered that's most important to you in the culture of an organization? Company culture is, is so important, you know, feeling good at your job and enjoying the people around you has a direct result on, on your work and your outcome, you know? So working in an environment where you trust one another and you're not afraid to make mistakes or fail can really push you forward because, you know, inevitably as a young professional, you will slip up. There's going to be times where you're going to need to correct some, some wrongdoings along the way and embracing those opportunities and those times to you know, really help someone and, and develop new skills and use it as a growing opportunity just shows that, you know, those people around you are there to support you and uplift you and mentor you. And, um, you know, every person kind of defines success differently. And so teams that are open to change and, and doing things differently and trying it a different way can really create this environment of just inspiring excellence and having two-way open communication between all levels of your business because feedback does go both ways. That's something I think in the better company cultures I work for have, you know, preserved. Feels good to be in a workplace where your voice feels heard and you're being listened to. And you are offered a seat at the table without having to push your way to the top. It's not just the top leaders everyone from the bottom to the very top, there's every, you know, level of that organization involved in decision-making. And that also just leads to, you know, your management and your, your culture of being transparent with everyone. And it makes everyone feel included in those big decisions, even if they don't necessarily have that significant piece, it, it just makes them feel like that. Communication is key, you know? And the last piece I'll add is company culture, I think, is healthiest when you do have work-life balance. I've noticed a difference in my results personally when I do 
stand with healthy practices of like taking care of myself physically and mentally and prioritizing overall wellness. And my results on the job have really just been more impactful to myself, my team, and my members. And people naturally will put in that time, effort, and energy to be the best version of themselves when, you know, they aren't, and they will do that without being told. And that, you know, leads to motivated and inspired employees. Yes, 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 yes. I love all that you've shared right here. And again, like, here's what I heard you say. The culture foundation is trust and that you're not afraid to make mistakes. I love that you highlighted that because it's just, it's so crucial uh, to have that honesty within an organization. It's not just an entry level or, or um, AE that's making a mistake. Mistakes happen through the entirety of the organization and having that trust and knowing people have your back to help you if a mistake happens and help you work through it to make the correction is, is critical in your development and the health of the organization. You stated that teams need to be open in, to change, inspire excellence. And then the, the big highlight was the communication piece. Two-way communication so that your voice is heard, you're offered a seat at the table, and you have a, a chance to weigh in on, on some critical decisions and you know feel like, like you're included. And I'm, I'm so happy you highlighted all of those pieces. I think those are reinforcing for, for many leaders. And also, I think that, you know, people in similar roles to yours, Anisha, will feel really heard and feel really seen that, that the things you're saying are probably some of the things they're thinking and that those are reinforced in this conversation. So what are, what are some of the pieces of advice that you can offer to, to young professionals in order to chase their dreams, uh, level up and, and get the position that they're seeking? Yeah. So I think if there, if I could go back in time and, and give myself one piece of advice, it would really be to just step out of your comfort zone as early and as often as possible, because it's, it's very uncomfortable and really tough to have to almost like perfect skills that you don't necessarily think you're good at or like moving to a city you've never been to before during a weird time or taking a position that you think you're not qualified for yet. Those are things that we should all be doing and we should be doing all the time and feel good about it. Rejection is is not a bad thing. I cannot stress that enough. Over the past year, I think the least of our problems should be to put ourselves out there professionally because Oftentimes you'll find that, you know, by doing these things that you normally wouldn't necessarily jump to, it really does open these opportunities and lead to these different doors that can be truly life-changing and fulfilling and, you know, make things a lot like juicier for yourself. Keep things fresh. You know, you're always learning. You're always curious because some of the best experiences I have personally been a part of have come from those weirder decisions, riskier choices that I'm like, I'm not sure if this is something I should do. And just doing it anyways, and not being afraid to veer off the path and trying new opportunities. And embracing change is probably what I would say. The least of our worries should be stepping out of our comfort zone professionally, given the last year. But what a what a great perspective that you just provided there to just go after it, really go after it. And so 
what piece of advice do you have for more seasoned pros? Those managers, we talked a lot about what you're looking for a manager. So sort of looking up, what advice do you have? I think um, as a manager, something to always just keep in mind when leading your team of young professionals is to kind of just go back to being open-minded, being that avid listener that, you know, when your team does offer feedback to you, you're, you're trusting enough that you're going to make those changes for them to help them out. And being curious about the different strengths on your team is really awesome. You know, they're, you know, everyone's built a little bit different. We can all kind of be creatures of habit. So being open to doing things differently and letting people highlight their strengths is awesome. Not every person is the same and going to see that they're all going to do their process just a little different than you will or the person next to you. So just listening to your team goes a long way and being a guide to help them and help the next female leaders really create their own individual path. So you have really gone after it in your career and I love to see it, but are there, or is there a hurdle that you've had to overcome in order to get where you are today? Yeah, I think, you know, the biggest hurdles I've had to kind of face in my career have been from just not being my own cheerleader. Sometimes it sounds really simple, but you know, you're going to feel at times when you're maybe not good enough, whether it's from yourself, your surroundings, whatever that case may be. And in those moments where you feel undervalued, you know, you, you should and can celebrate your own wins, no matter how big or how small that win is. You know, finding those little wins is important to kind of progress your day as well. And being self-motivated is almost a skill and mindset at times within the industry. I've learned a lot about having thick skin and sticking up for yourself, you know, when you need to and having that voice. And then I would also say just actually controlling what you can control. There's going to be so many things that you don't have a hand in. And I think there's a quote out there. It's like, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% like how you react. And it's so true. You know, there's the way you choose to carry yourself and speak to people makes a huge difference. And through those lessons learned, sometimes hard lessons learned, it helps you, you know, understand yourself better and ultimately understand how you can help and serve your team better as well. Because, you know, that's kind of the goal, you know, to help people around you and to push other people forward as well as yourself on that journey. That mindset is going to take you so far in your career. Anisha said to be your own cheerleader. And if you feel undervalued, celebrate your own wins. I think I mentioned this so many times on the podcast. Like you can't rely on other people to be your hype man or woman all the time. You have to stand up for yourself and be self-motivated. And, you know, that second piece, control what you can control is, is critical and I know sometimes in the heat of the moment, someone will say that to you and you're just not ready to hear that. <laughs> not at all. You know, it's, it's, it's not ready to be accepted. So if you're already thinking about like control what you can control ahead of time and you can, you can access that mindset in the heat of the moment where, you know, there's things that happen that it wasn't as a result of something you have done, right? Like let's say Anisha, somebody on your team gets an injury, your star player gets an injury. 
That is certainly not something you can control, but you are going to have to react to that because sports is, you know, we're cheering for a team, for a player, and people have reactions when their favorite player is, is no longer going to be on the ice. And uh, you are going to have to control what you can in that situation. And so thinking about that ahead of time, you know, being able to access that mindset is, is critical. So cheers to you for already knowing and understanding and, and building that knowledge to be able to tackle that when it happens. You have provided us tremendous insight. So here we are at the final four questions. So new part of the podcast, and I'm so excited for you to be the one to, to break the ice here. A couple of, of questions that I would typically ask, but we're going to bundle these in our final four. So first one, best piece of advice for women? So I would say that the best piece of advice I have for women who come after me is to just trust your instincts and trust your own abilities and capabilities. It can be an upward battle, you know, just hearing stories from earlier in your podcast as well. You know, it can be tough getting a seat at the table and making sure your voice is being heard within your organization. So, you know, your gut is often, right, put yourself in situations to help yourself and help others and turn away from situations that don't, that aren't going to serve you. And it is our responsibility. Like, I feel like it truly is our responsibility as women to contribute to the conversation. Just don't be afraid to use your voice. You know, we have so little time when you think of it within this industry that the bigger impact we can make the better and the better it'll be for everyone after us. And lastly, I would just say, have fun. This is seriously such an awesome industry to work in. And not everyone gets to work in sports. I feel like very desirable and not everyone gets the opportunity to actually do it. So enjoy your time while you, you know, can, and you only get one chance at this life. So really just make the most of it. What a great reminder to have fun. It's the reason we all started in this industry and you got to think back and, and access that the root of why we got into this in the first place was, was to have fun. So speaking of having fun, what is your favorite place to travel or one place you'd like to visit? So one place I would like to visit is either Greece or Croatia. It's been at the top of my list for a long time. And honestly, it is solely because the films Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2 were filmed there. And I kind of envisioned having this like dancing queen moment in Croatia with the water and everything. So I would say somewhere along the Mediterranean for sure. I love that. And for those of you who didn't get the pleasure of seeing Anisha just dance right now, it was amazing when she's getting those Grease vibes already. So what is the song that you are playing on repeat at the moment? Yeah, so the song that I'm currently listening to on repeat is Neon Peach by Snow Allegra and Tyler, the creator from her new album. But it's just this great summer jam that makes me smile. And I do have some mini solo dance parties in my room to that song as well. So I definitely plan on listening to it through the summer and until I get sick of it. Yes, I love it. I love it. Finally, what is your favorite quote? So my favorite quote is by Gabrielle Bernstein. 
I wrote it down here. It's actually the way we experience the world around us is a direct reflection of the world within us. And I just love this quote because for me, it serves as a reminder that, you know, as much as a product of my environment, I can be the real reflection and work comes from things that I ultimately control, like my mindset and my activity and and my attitude. So thinking positively about my surroundings can really change the way you act and, and function as well. Beautifully put. Anisha, this has been an, a wonderful, incredible, all the adjectives conversation. So happy to have your insight and to share this episode of the podcast with you. Where can we keep in touch? Yes. So you can follow me on LinkedIn or add me on LinkedIn, I should say. It's just my name, Anisha Chetty, and I am a little embarrassed to say this, but I think LinkedIn is probably my favorite social media platform, so I use it all the time. You know, if anyone's listening and wants to connect, please do. I am always on there. I use it like a hawk. (laughs) I love that, and you know, it goes back to your prowess for networking, your master networker already. And so uh, add, add Anisha as a friend, reach out and start building your network in the sports industry. Anisha Chetty, wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for sharing your voice with us today. Thank you so much for having me. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, step out of your comfort zone as early and as often as possible. Number two, For managers, be an avid listener and be curious about the strengths of your team members. Lead by example, ask them how they like to be coached, challenge and mentor, but also uplift. Be curious about them the same way you want them to be curious about you and the company. Number three, the next leader wants a seat at the table now. Not necessarily a promotion to a leadership position, but a seat where their opinions are heard, their opinions are considered, and that big decisions are made through all levels of the company. No surprises. And number four, work-life balance and providing space for overall wellness is a priority. The next leader will give you 100% through their own self-motivation when they have the energy and mindset to do so. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already, because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories to talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month. Some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, anything you are inspired by? If so, take one second and share the link, post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email, so many ways to share leadership is female. 
And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today. Because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.